With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. So I had this moment before the Sunday night game in Nashville where I'm scrolling Twitter and I'm going to the usual beat guys and I'm like, who are the line combos going to be? Who are the line combos going to be? And I see Heath is going with six defensemen with the pairings being McCabe, Brody, Riley, Shen, Giordano, and Hall. And I sat back and I thought, We've been talking a lot about who the starting six is going to be for game one. And when I look at that, I went, this is it. Like the, like Lilligren's out, Gustafson's out. And I think this is the six that Keith is going to roll with. I want to have a talk about Timothy Lilligren in general in a minute. But when you look at that, like, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think uh, the only guy who has any shot of just getting in and out is Shen, but I think the other five are set in stone and Luke's going to have to lose a spot to, uh, to be pulled out of the lineup. I think it depends on how rough the, the lightning want to play. Cause if the, that is the value that Luke Shen brings, we've seen enough games of him back in a leaf uniform. Now that that is the value that he provides. You would look at him and you think Justin hole actually laid a nice hit in Nashville, but you look at him and you go, he's an upgrade physically over, like the the quote unquote bottom four, which is Hall, Lilligren, Gustafson, and Shen. So you look at Shen and you go, he he's the if we if we're going for physicality, he's the number one choice. Yeah, it's uh, I mean his ice time has been pretty sheltered since he's been in the lineup. Like even with sixty last night, he only had um thirteen minutes when Riley had eighteen. So, I mean, that's a little bit of power play time in there as well. But they are kind of shielding some minutes. Sheldon keeps pretty quick on the trigger to just throw at a random line or pair. But, um, I mean, like, I don't really have a problem with it. Like, it's, I mean, everyone who's watched Justin all play hockey for this team for the past couple of years, um, I feel like we all have a little bias that we're kind of sick of watching him. So, you want to see some new exciting names in there. But he's not coming out of the lineup. He, when he plays well, he 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 plays well. So it's just, I just want to see Keith just go with it. Just, you know what, pick your six, go with it, see what happens. All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about how I do love the loading up of McCabe and Brody as your top pair, but we'll, we'll park that for a second because you, you brought up Justin Hall. I want to talk about Timothy Lilligren because there has been, there's been a drop-off in his play in the last few weeks, basically since the trade deadline. And we, we've we been very vocal on this podcast all year about 
wow, this guy's improved so much. He's made such a huge difference. He At one point, we've said he's a top four guy, and I do believe at one point he played as though he was a top four guy. But there has been a definite drop-off in his play. Do you buy into... Like I, I think the seven guys has really screwed him up because I think he he's a guy that I think needs to settle in and um, to his place in the lineup, and I think having this this defensive depth has sort of gotten in his head. He he's playing with less confidence. Like he's turning the puck over. There were a several instances in the Carolina game on Saturday night where he like he just would flat out turn the puck over, and I'm sitting there going like. Tim, my guy, like what, what do you, what's happening? Like, what are we doing here? And I, I, the more I think about it, like, I think bringing in these depth pieces and having them rotate one, it's, he's kind of, it's made him uncomfortable. And I think he's probably the type of player that needs to be comfortable in order to play well. And two, he's kind of scared of making a mistake because if you make a mistake, you're out of the lineup and one of these other guys is in and thus he's playing like it. He's playing like he's, He's making boneheaded decisions out there. It's not even that. It's like he almost has the yips. Like a couple, there's been a couple instances this season where he's just flat out like whiffed on a breakout pass and it's led to a goal. Like it's just, it's almost like he has the yips. And you think about um, Galchenyuk in the playoffs when he threw the puck away. You think about Dermot when he threw the puck away. And it's just, I mean, sometimes you fan on a puck, but if you're going to make those type of mistakes and have the yips while trying to make a breakout pass, like you can't be doing that in game five, game six, game seven. So as long as he's doing that, he's, he's not going to be in the lineup. And also like, just if he's not moving the puck, which is his like quote unquote specialty, then well, like, then you have bigger guys in there who are more physical, who are moving the puck just as well as he is right now. So it's you're, you're out and he's the young guy too. So he kind of gets, He's not that young anymore, but compared to these other guys, he's pretty young, and so he's the guy who just kind of gets the boot. It's too bad because I I think he's had a really good season overall, and I think that he's somebody who and say what you want about this, like it it, it he has been he has said that his two best friends on the team were Sandine and Engvall, the three Swedes, and now that now he's by himself, and. I don't know. I just think a lot of stuff has contributed to the fact that he's mentally not where he should be, and that is contributing to his lackluster play on the ice. Because I, like, we could go back through every episode thus far this season. How many times have I sat here beside you and gone, Timothy Lilligren, he looks fantastic. He's in their top four. You can't take him out. And I just, and I've been kind of in denial about it the last few weeks. I think last week or two weeks ago, he, like, we... Like he was in for us. Yes, we ro- we were roasting Sheldon Keefe for pulling him out. We said, this is undeserved. And if you look at it, if you want to pinpoint it, since that moment, he has not been the same hockey player. Yeah. And so I don't, I feel bad for the guy. But if you look at the six that started in Nashville, to me, that's the six that are starting in game one. And I touched on it earlier, but I love the McKay-Brody as your top pair. I think that that's, that's your number one pair. Those are two defensively responsible guys and the the I love the way Jake McCabe goes out of his way to finish every check. TJ Brody is like we've referred to him as the security blanket. Got a good stick. Yeah, he's got a good stick. Like I to me that that is that's the best number one defense pair they've had going into a postseason in this entire era. And I also love the you can say what you want about Riley with Shen, but any way you can get Morgan Riley to play 
some more sheltered minutes and away from the other team's top players and let him wheel and deal a little bit more offensively, that's something you got to try to explore because that's when he's at his best, when he's contributing uh, offensively as opposed to being like, you're a shutdown, you're in a shutdown defensive role tonight. He's been better, though. Yeah, he has been better. He's been better. I, I've seen it. We just we started out with the lines, and first of all, we just got to get to... I think that was the best weekend of hockey I've seen this team play maybe all season. It was, they were phenomenal. Like in terms of coming on here over the past couple of weeks and just keep, we keep saying like, we just got to look for things that can apply to a playoff series. If their top lines, if Austin Matthews is going to forecheck, like I saw him forecheck over the weekend, we're good, baby. I've never seen a guy. I've never seen him skate like that before. I've never seen him forecheck like that before. And I would say that when he is doing that, he is the most dangerous forechecker. The guy can lift a stick like nothing I've ever seen in my entire life. He looked like a man possessed. And I, that line looked incredible. They, the, they were dominant. Even in that loss, they were dominant. The Carolina game on Saturday night was the definition of like a feel good loss. Like they they deserved a better fate and they played really really well and it when it was over like you were disappointed because they deserved better. It wasn't a situation where you were like, "Oh my god, if they hadn't played done this or that, it would have been different." It's like, "No, they, that's a good hockey team that they played and they played them really well." How much of that loss do you put on Matt Murray? Uh, I don't know. I I I don't know. Cuz I, I saw put... a lot of people who were and I'm I'm like, and this is like the contingent of the fan base that is like anti Murray. But I did see quite a few takes on on Twitter on Saturday night of people being like, if Joe Wall even is in the net, they they have a better chance of winning that game. I don't think you you put the blame on on Murray at all for that game. I I mean, like, I don't know. I, what do you I, think I, of the, what do you think of the four it. goals thing? Like like it like whether yeah, he, he does, plays he well or not. Of, yeah, whether he plays well or not, the guy has let in four goals. Listen, every I, time he started since he's come back. All all I've said on this podcast is I'm not I'm not a Murray. Like I I've never been start Murray. Like it's just I don't think he's that great. I think what they're hoping for is just somehow he enters the playoffs and, and just becomes a completely different goalie of the past like I think, and do I, I think, think that's gonna happen probably not but I've never been a a massive Matt Murray like lover well I think we should be clear that we we were saying it's a possibility he starts game one last episode and that's not because we're sort of champion championing him to do so it's because we just are looking at it through the lenses of the organization and how they feel about him and why they brought him in like it was more of a this is a realistic option for them, despite how we feel about him as fans. And I'm also a little worried about Sam Sonov's time off here. Like, what if he, like, yeah, he had, I mean, he just had a, he had a baby. I mean, now he was dealing with a couple minor injuries. He comes back and what if he just sucks? And also, like, you could, you could also make the argument that, Matt, like, Ilya Samsonov's been very good this year, but has there been a game where he's stolen one? I think if you look back at all his starts, there's not really a game in there where he's, like, completely stolen a game. Matt Murray, like, one game in Dallas where he faced a zillion shots and stood on his head, and the game against Ottawa where they where they won in the shootout, even though he gave up a bunch of goals that game, they got he was getting peppered all night. So, like, he has shown the ability to 
to play like he could steal a game. But overall, just his health and just overall the games, like Samsonov's just been better. Well, and and deserves I, a little bit more. I won't, like I'm not going to sit here and say like put it out in the in the um, the world that Joe Wall could be an option, but I do after watching him play. No, no, but listen. Who would, who do you feel better having as your third string goalie? Joe Wall or Michael Hutchinson? Yeah, I, third string, I yeah. get it. Joe Wall or David Riddick. But it, it is funny when a, a, a no-name like this town He played this, well. Tell me he didn't play no, really he did. well. Yeah. This city though just loves like the idea of like Joe Wall could be like Jordan Bennington and like just step in and could create magic you or yourself. You know why people feel that way, Ryan? Because that is the brass ring that everyone is trying to reach. You yourself have ranted numerous times on this podcast about this organization's like complete and utter ineptness when it comes to drafting and developing goaltenders. So I think when people see uh, a guy who who's drafted and developed in the organization having the season that he's having in the American Hockey League with the Marlies, and playing the way he plays, people kind of are like, wow, this is like, we've literally never seen this as, as Leaf fans. A guy who who is it's a goalie in the organization with some upside and potential to be like a good goalie at the National Hockey League level. I guarantee you that there's like at least 20% of the fan base would look you dead in the eye you right now go, and, and be like, I, I would start Ryan, him game Ryan, one. Ryan, you can go on Twitter right now. You could go on Twitter the second the Nashville game ended on Sunday night, and I tell you, it's it's more than twenty percent that are saying he should be the backup to Samsonov and not Matt Murray. This is this is a tough conversation. Like, it just I don't hate Matt Murray like other people hate Matt Murray. I don't, and I've I've liked Samsonov all year. I think he's been phenomenal, but. You can also see that sometimes, like, he could also, like, he's also had his moments where he hasn't been great, you know? Like, in, and, like, yeah, it's nice to have a third-string guy who you feel confident in, but at the end of the day, wh- how many games has he played this season? Three? Four? Well, I, I also think people get really excited like, you know, like, about the season he's having in, in the American yeah, which is Hockey awesome. League. I love that. And you know what? It, it would be the great, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it is in the back of my mind, too, where it's like, wouldn't it be sick if, like... You just went on because sometimes you do see this. Jordan Bennington, perfect example. Remember what's his face in Ottawa that one year? The the Hamburglar? Yeah, like, the Hamburglar. You know, yeah. like sometimes these guys do come up and they don't know what like they don't know any better. They just get in the net. They just go on a heater. So I don't think I don't think anyone is sitting here saying Joe Wall should be the game one starter. But I, there are people saying that. no, 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 no. I I can confirm to you a hundred percent that I did see some takes last night that people were like. Your, your two goalies going into game one should be Samsonov one and Joe Wall two and just get Matt Murray out of my sight. I saw a lot of that last last night. That's that's silly. Yeah. I, I, and I it's mean, not something they're doing. Like, they're not doing not that. happening. They're not doing No, there's no, there's zero chance they're doing that. That's an ultimate, like, if, if you were a coach and you had to make, I don't know whose call that is. I don't know. I don't know if Dubis is making that call, Keeps making that call, or it's our 50-50 split, but... You'd have some sort of nuts on you and some sort of instinct to 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 make that move. Like that's not happening. It, it, I 
I would even go as far as to say that if if Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov has a has a game in the playoffs where they get absolutely shelled, that's still not happening. It, the only way Joe Wall is sitting on the bench in the playoffs is if a guy's hurt. That's Every, it. Everybody's crying, but it's just like, look at the season this team's had. They've had a very good season, very consistent season. They've done it with these two guys. Like, Joe Wall stepped in a couple games, but it's... And, and Shalgren played a couple, but it's for the most part, like Murray and Samsonov have shared the net for this very good season. So it's like, I, I don't think I will say right now, hot take right now prediction that if they lose this series in the first round, I don't, I don't think it's going to be goaltending related. I don't, I saw Jack Campbell be in the net last season. I Jack Campbell is the worst goalie in the NHL this season. It's not even close. And he gave them a chance to win. Like it's, I don't think that it's going to come down to, to us being like, oh, our cold tending sucks. I, I honestly don't. You just, you got to pick a guy. Just pick a guy. To me, Sam Sonoff has earned it more. But if he comes back from the stretch and sucks, then you got a, you got a real conversation on your hands here. No one's going to be happy either. Like, no, like who's no. going to be happy? No, no one's. Like you be pick. Happy. Like I think Sam Sonoff's the easy choice because he's he's had the better season. But at the end of the day, whoever they pick. Everyone on Twitter is going to freak out. No one's going to be happy. Um, I need you to, like, counsel me here. Because I've said a couple of times in the last few weeks that I don't love their game defensively. I haven't loved their game defensively in a long time. It seems like the house is on fire back there, man. There's running around. Everybody's out of position. Multiple times in the middle of a game... Do I see the the middle of the ice just completely wide open for a quality scoring chance? What the eye test is telling me right now, the eye test is they are not very. A lot of teams right now are funneling the puck back to the point and getting shots from the point and getting traffic out front. They don't do a great job of blocking shots. They don't like when you look at when the Leafs are funneling the puck around. They try to get the the shot off from the point, it, it seems like it's blocked every time by the other team. I feel like they're not the greatest shot-blocking hockey team, and it's just leaving them vulnerable. And also, I find they, they have a very good face-off percentage, but lately I find that they are losing some key defensive zone face-offs like the one that Nashville scored on on the, on the power play. Like, it's, I don't know. But I, at the same time, if you look at the way they played this weekend, if they play like that, that's going to help them from being like they weren't hemmed in as much as they no, usually they were. were. I just, I just think uh, to me it looks like, and again, this is pure eye test. Someone with numbers will come up to me and tell me that I'm a complete idiot. Happens all the time, but it just it looks out of sorts to me. It doesn't look organized. It doesn't look like people are in position. It looks like they get running around, and it always looks like the the opposing. Like there were numerous moments in the Carolina game where there's a, there's a black jersey just chilling in the middle of the ice. And I just, I, I I don't know. It doesn't, I don't love it. I love a lot of things about their game right now, especially in the offensive zone. Like the power play looks really good. Austin Matthews is just on another planet. Mitch Marner, like incredible. I, I just, I don't know, man. Like they get back in the defensive zone and I'm like, I just, I just keep having these flashes of, like being in Tampa and there they are scurrying around their own end while Tampa's just dominating possession. I don't know. But then Tampa can't win a game. So I don't know what to think right now. Yeah, just gonna you're gonna 
We're just gonna nitpick. Like it's just this this season it needs to end. Like yeah, I, it it, does. when I see uh TV spots running for the Jays season opener, that's that's a good clear indication that this season really needs to end. Yeah, it does. But they have some you have the schedule up right here. There's some big games still. Panthers, they got some Sens, Red Wings, they got the Blue Bruins Jackets. and Lightning. They got the Panthers yep. two more times nice. who are fighting for a playoff spot. Ottawa's the greatest hockey team I've ever seen in my entire life. Like they 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 should have beat the Leafs that one game and then they destroyed the Lightning. Like yep. they're a damn good hockey team. The Abs the Abs always abs play the Leafs. No cakewalk. Abs always play the Leafs. And they got tough. the rate like yep. Rangers like, you know, like this needs to end though. I'm over it. Yeah. Because we just keep coming on here and just Recycling the recycling same the same narratives, and yeah. we talk about the same D pairs, and we're gonna argue about the goalies till we're blue in the face. But it's just all the proof's gonna be in the pudding after the game one. You hit on something last episode, and I thought you were so right. Austin Matthews for checking is on another planet, and if you were gonna look at, clearly he was dealing with an injury that's feeling better. But if you're going to look at what the major change in his game has been over the last two weeks, it is without question the speed and intensity with which he is forechecking in the other team's zone. Yeah, sometimes he looks like he's stripping like house league players of pucks below the goal line. Like he's he's that good. Like he, he when he is doing that, you could make the argument that there is no better skilled player who four checks as well as he does like holy shit i'm gonna i'm gonna and he's big and, and he's actually like leaning on somebody not not hit he's not he's never gonna go in and nail someone but he's actually leaning on someone and lifting their stick and taking the puck pretty pretty easily i'm gonna clip that and post that on social media and there is going to be so many edmonton oiler connor mcdavid fans that are going to well, no connor mcdavid doesn't need to four check because when he gets the puck he, he doesn't need to pass it he can just skate through the entire team it really doesn't matter yeah but like you talk about, we've always talked about. It. He's a bit. Austin Matthews is a big boy who he's never going to run anybody over, but he can lean on someone. And I've I've seen him leaning on people and stripping pucks like it's nothing. And look what happens when he does. Like he he's he's unstoppable. He had fifteen shots the other yeah, night. I know, I know. he was he was he was all around it, man. When he scored the goal, I was like, it was just a matter of time. Like he was he was all around it. And Carolina is a team that we've seen like they that's a puck possession team like they are on it all the time and Austin Matthews just said f this and absolutely reversed it on them and he had the puck the whole day 15 shots on net that's ridiculous speaking of shots on net how much are you reading into that and I've also got to the point that I think whoever does the shot counter for Sportsnet and TSN like it's out of like so I the first like eight, five, six, seven, eight minutes of the Nashville game, I was kind of watching out of the corner of my eye because I was finishing making dinner. And I look up and like the Predators have like eleven shots. And I'm like, there's there's no way. That happened in the Carolina like, game too. Uh, like, there's no way. That's two games in a row where through the first ten minutes of the period, they were getting outshot. Like double by, digits, yeah. Like the other team had double digits before they even had three. And I'm starting to read into that. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, "Oh, outshot again." And it's like, one, I think whoever's counting the shots is drunk, and two, it's like, it's clearly doesn't mean that much. Like, they're a team that more often than not doesn't start games quickly. As long as it, they keep it out of their net, they really do bounce back. And even then, the Carolina game, they gave up, they they gave up two quick goals and had a ticky tack brutal penalty against Nolachari in that game, but they were able to bounce back and tie it up. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm 
I don't really read that much into shots on goal anymore. Because well, then they, well, then they, well, then they came back and completely outshot the Hurricanes, which is which is what you want to see because when they played the Sens, they got down early on shots and they got outshot by like thirty. So, like, why you love these games this weekend is there's two games where they were down by ten shots ten minutes into the game, and. All, and then they storm back and they t- completely turn around. They turn on the four checking. The top players look like the top players. And then they end up at shooting the other teams. Like, that's what you want to see. This weekend, I think, it's just like, if you if you hate on any part of their game this weekend, other than people hating on Matt Murray, I guess, then you are a hater because I really, really liked what I saw this weekend. Oh, no, 100%. So did Sheldon Keefe. You and Sheldon. Yeah, phenomenal. And everyone else. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're picking at things this weekend, you're just picking at negatives. I, I said earlier like I brought up the defensive zone coverage earlier and it's like I said to me that's pure eye test and it doesn't look great but if you look at the numbers and the results that argues against it so yeah this is where when you get into this war of eye tests versus numbers it's like it's not it shouldn't be versus they should work together in unison yeah whatever come together yeah Can I read you the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's last four games sure 5-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils 3-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens, 7-2 loss to the Ottawa Senators, and 2-1 loss to the Boston Bruins. I don't blame anybody for losing to the Bruins. I'll tell you that right but now. We touched on this last episode about how we still we're going to give the Lightning their due and their respect, but how can you, like, I don't know. I, but, like, it doesn't... T- but at the same time, I mean, other than what we have spoke about before, that their decor isn't as strong as it has been in the past, you know, like, I'm not worried about them, you know? Like, they just... They've, they've done this before. They know how to do it. They know how to turn it on. Especially against the Leafs, who can turn on any team. Yes. yes. The Leafs are a, a, a outlet for any team to plug in their energy and completely switch it around Toronto Maple outlets and then there's and then there's the Boston Bruins who sit uh three of their best players and still beat the Carolina Hurricanes I know so I know Bergeron didn't play um I'm pretty sure I forget who else didn't play but one of their top defensemen and they still beat the Carolina Hurricanes so well John Tavares Another three point night. And look who's National look Predators. who look who's gonna look who's gonna lead the Leafs in goals this season now. Awesome Matthew. Yeah. He's all tied up with Willie and Willie's not scoring right now, so what do you think of John Tavares? Another three point night against like really like really good on the power play. Looks really, really good on the power play. Yeah, he needs it. He needed it. He needs it badly. But he's he's good old John. He's gonna get his eighty two points in eighty two games this season, or how many Games he's gonna end up playing at the end of the season. Yeah, it's pretty like. I feel like you and I get a lot of heat because we have uh, like been vocal about Johnny and like we're, you and I are always like we never did like diss the contract. We're always saying like dissing the contract is not fair, but we do say you know maybe his he he doesn't look fleet of foot, and like what's the best role for him? But you're right, you just check the box score at the end of every game, and there's John Tavares, and like almost every game he's in there. Yeah, I want to see him scoring. I like when he scores goals, though. Like yes. there's different. Like Marner can go out and get like five assists a night, and he's still gonna be a legend. Like there's something about Johnny, like getting those goals that makes you feel good. Like parked in front of the net too. Two goals where he's parked in front of net, exactly where he's supposed to be, and he's got the hands still to put those babies home. 
So this is a pretty slow week. They only have the Florida Panthers on Wednesday, and then they've got another back-to-back. This is really these these Sunday games are really cramping our style. Yeah, yeah, it's our time. Yeah, it is our time. It's our time. Yeah, and they just they don't, and they don't even start. Like, what if they if they started at one? You could do a post game after. Well, it's brutal. Like that's that's what drives me nuts. It's like why? Like I have um I have the. Sportsnet now with NHL Live in it. So I have access to every single hockey game. There are matinees on in the NHL every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Bruins Sunday, play a much. matinee every yeah, Saturday. Like, what, like, like why, why is that never an option? Like, like, you and I were texting each other last night. Like, Sunday night against Nashville this late in the season. That I is a game. I was not that where, stoked. No, that is a game where if we weren't doing a Leaf podcast and wanted to be as up on everything as we, we should be in order for people to take us seriously... Probably would have skipped that one. Yeah. But it's like, you're right. Why can't that game be at 1 p.m.? Like, why does it have to be? Yeah, the Bruins play don't the Bruins play at one every Saturday. I don't understand. Other than it. when they're playing the Leafs, I, I feel understand. like. Or it the Habs. Yeah, they, they get one matinee every year, and that's right before Christmas, where they do the 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 for the kids. More matinee. No, yeah. Yeah, for the kids. <laughs> These youngsters. They're not gonna forget it. All right, I'm bored. Yep. All right. Let's get out of here. We uh, will be back next week, I guess, because I don't play a ton this week. So if you don't want to miss that, and if you want to stick with us as we head closer to the playoffs, listen, we're just like you. We are scratching and clawing and just desperately waiting for the puck to drop on game one. We are going to be doing post-game shows all the way through the playoffs. So if you don't want to miss that, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hey, it's Joel Williamson, host of That Nerd Dad podcast. Look, finding time for yourself is an important part of parenting. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves for our kids. So tune in every week to talk about parenting, pop culture, and politics. Whether you're an exhausted parent looking for a laugh or a stone teenager who clicked on this by mistake, this is the podcast for you. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google, the Dean Blundell Network, or at thatnerddad.ca.